Hoops Heaven proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle. But Ellis fumbled the ball. Two on the shot clock goes up a prayer. Yes! As he was falling to the ground, it's a three! He shot it literally from the hip. Definitely a highlight. Here come the Billikens. Four on two. McCall, Ellis, left corner. We missed now. Bang! From way down under, Cody Ellis. Reddick brings low out away from the best. Stolen away by Cody Ellis. One man to beat to the hole. He's fouled. Layup. Good whistle foul. Count the best. Ellis for the reverse. Oh, through fingertips. What a move. Ellis drops in a bomb. I love seeing Cody Ellis coming out, feeling good. Ellis. Cody Ellis. Ellis. Pull up jumper. Cody Ellis. Bang. Cody Ellis. Can he stand and deliver? Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Hello and welcome to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle for another week. And the season crept up on us, Cody. Now all of a sudden we're we're one round down into the NBL season. We're preparing for round two. Another four big days of action. All double headers now for for this week. Yeah. I think we had some teams standing out. We had some teams not standing out. We had some next stars playing pretty exciting basketball. Maybe some next stars that weren't so exciting. We had some new imports making history on their their debut. And all around, I think there was a lot to like about what we saw in round one, but also probably some concerns. So we're here thanks to Hoop7 and to TabTouch. We'll try to keep you entertained and informed on what's happening in the NBL. I'm Chris Pike, but the man you've all tuned in to hear from, the former Illawarra Hawks, Sydney Kings, and now former Warwick Senators captain, Cody Ellis. Thanks for joining me once again. Oh, thanks for having me again, mate. Um, yeah, look, good round of basketball. Good mm. round of basketball considering it was the first and uh, look, a few scrappy games in there, a few <laughs> little pillow fights, yes. but uh, that's kind of what you expect in the first round, but uh, it was good to get it underway. Yeah, no, scrappy is probably a good way to, to sum it up with some excitement thrown in. Mm. We saw a lot of dunks and I, I want to ask you about Tyler, Tyler Cook because he, he was a hell of an excitement machine. Excitement machine, so was Jordan Usher, but yeah. there was plenty more across the weekend. We're here thanks to Hoop7. Um, Cody, have you popped in over the past week? No, I haven't. I've been so busy, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's uh, I, I really need to get in there because uh, it's been too long since I've, I've popped popped my head in and, and said hello to the guys and, and checked the story out, but uh, it's certainly on the bucket list to do. More, more importantly, have you hit the golf course? Once. Okay. Once. Good. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that uh, I, I plan on doing that a bit more uh, <laughs> in the future. Now, Tab Touch is also making this show possible. Um, we ended last week's show, Cody, with your AFL and NRL grand final tips based on history. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe you should be sticking to those tips yeah, because you could have you could have made some money on those tips. And I'm not sure if you'd made too much money on your NBL tips. Yeah, I went two for two in the in the uh, <laughs> in the footy, which was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually didn't do too bad on the uh, on the old basketball. No, but, well, uh, well, you mentioned last week you went for all the favourites and pretty much all the favourites won. Most of, most of, mm. yeah. So, um, no, look, two great games of footy. Um, yes. And it was a, a heck of a weekend of sport all round. Um, so, yeah, no, it was, it was really good, mate. No, you're right. Your NBL tips, it was the Hawks that let you down in the end. Yes, yes, it was. There, uh, yeah, seemed to be the same old Hawks, unfortunately. Mm, a little bit. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, before we tick off some of these talking points, what stood out to you from... From round one, Cody. Uh, oh, look, couple really good import um, performances mm. and a couple not so good import performances. Yes. Um, but look, I think um, probably probably the big thing is is Jordan Usher from mm. the Cats mm. and how good he was at home. Yeah. 
and how poor he was yes. on the road, yes. and which is something that I had a bit of a concern with mm. leading into the weekend, yeah. um, just because of how he feeds off mm. off the crowd. Yeah. Um, he's going to have to figure out how to do that on the road because mm. it's uh, some hostile environments. It was a really insightful comment from you because you, you mentioned it before. Mm. He did play on the road. So what he did on Friday night at home was unbelievable. Awesome. 35 points, the, the most ever points scored by a Wildcats player who was playing his first NBL game. He w- And it was the Red Army that he fed off, but he also got the Red Army up and going. Yeah. He absolutely embraced the, the Perth fans and the Perth fans embraced him. Mm. Then when he had to create his own energy on, on Sunday in Melbourne and probably had some, some people getting under his skin, he just shot three of nine and, and went, had the 12 points and, and really struggled to create that energy. Um, it's going to be a fascinating thing to watch over the, the course of the season. Yeah, it is. And look, he he was in a bit of foul trouble, so he yeah. didn't really get into a rhythm. Um, and a lot of the cats were like that. Yeah. Um, so they didn't quite really hit their rhythm or anything like that. But uh, hit three field goals, but... I think two of those three were in the last yeah. two minutes of the yeah. game. So didn't have a real impact at all, mm. which is frustrating, um, I'm sure, from the from the Cats' point of view. And I guess the thing the thing for me watching that is it affected him on the defensive end as well. It did, yeah. Um, which he's been brought in to be that defensive guy, well, energy guy. Well, he said himself he wants to be the, the, the winner of the demo. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a massive call in this league, <laughs> yeah. right? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that kind of went and fell by the wayside a little bit. Mm. So, um, you know, if he's going to be that guy, it needs to be... <laughs> if you hear any background noise, that is our third co-host, Elvis, doing yes. some, some <laughs> redecorating around the, around our studio here. Love it. Yeah, look, if he's, if he's going to be that defensive guy, it needs to be energy and effort on that end of the floor, no matter what he's doing. Yeah on the offensive yeah. end. Um, well, you're right. I mean, he w- he wants to be the defensive leader, and this team needs a good mm-hmm. defensive player because, let's be honest, a lot of the other players on the team aren't great defenders. So his 35 points on Friday were a bonus, mm-hmm. but he needs to be the best defender on the team. Yeah, absolutely does. Absolutely does. And, yeah, I mean, they didn't really prove at all that they could stop anyone on the weekend. So Well, they almost uh, got, what, 200 points across yeah, the two did. games? Yeah. yeah, so, you know, that's, that's not great. That's not a great thing. But, uh, look, I think... I think another week on the track, and uh, we'll see how he goes this weekend. The South East Melbourne-Perth game, I was, I loved the battle between Tyler Cook and mm. Alex Saar. Um, Tyler Cook, he, he talked about it afterwards. He, he's made a living out of, out of putting people on posters and yeah. throwing down dunks and, and bringing that energy. He was a guy that also thrived off his home crowd, and, yeah. and, and he loved that atmosphere. And I think he also wanted to challenge Alex Saar and mm. wanted to see if the young guy was willing to come back at him and keep challenging and, and not be scared off from having guys go at him. And he talked afterwards that he was actually impressed the way Alex mm. was willing to fight back and yeah. willing to continue to be aggressive and chirp back at him. And he, he earned some more respect from him out of that. Mm. And he said he would have been disappointed if he kind of went back into his shell. What did you make of that little sideshow? Yeah, it was good. It yeah. was good. Um, you know, Tyler... Was I mean he was an absolute man amongst little boys in, yeah. in that game. Yeah, like, he, was, he was incredible on Sunday. It was unbelievable. He's uh he's a monster, mm. and uh, you know something that he didn't really show in that first game. No, um, when they played. But uh, no, it was really good. It was really good to see those two go at each other. And um, you're right, the the fact that Saar, you know, stood up for himself a bit and yeah. went back at him, which, yeah. which is is really good signs, especially yeah. for a young player. Yeah. Um, you know, against guys that have been around mm. and, and know. Know the, well, not so much know this league, but you know know the ins and outs of the yeah. professionals. But well, they do know the NBA. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was good. It was good. I think uh, 
bit of a tussle, but you know that all that did was was get uh, Cook and and the Phoenix crowd into it a bit <laughs> yes, more. Yes. I think. Um, Sar is going to get challenged throughout the season. Teams are going to go at him, and they're they're going to try to rattle a guy who's who's so young. And yeah. um, if you're him, do you embrace that challenge? How do you how do you approach it? Oh, you've got to. You, you've got to embrace it, and you've you've got to know that it's coming because mm. you're a young guy, and you've got the spotlight on you. You know, you projected top five pick, yeah. and you've got to know that that's that's going to happen. Mm. It doesn't matter where you go, right? So, I think he does. He needs to embrace it, and he's only going to learn from it. Mm. Mixed weekend for some of our next stars, and a couple of guys who aren't technically next stars, but mm. are rookies in the league and, and first year players. Um, you're quick. I want to get your thoughts on Ben Henschel yeah. because he didn't play at all on Friday night. He's a he's a pretty quiet spoken guy, but he also, I believe, made his point to John really that he wasn't too happy about not yeah. playing. He came out on on Sunday and looked he looked absolutely at home for a guy yeah. making his NBL debut and for somebody that's playing his first game at this level ended up scoring twenty four points and it felt like to me it was a Wildcats team that lost mm. their composure throughout the game and yeah. even even Bryce did at times and John really did at times, but he was the one guy who did show composure playing mm. his first game what did you what did you make of his weekend because it was a, a real roller coaster ride yeah it certainly was I uh, I was actually pretty surprised that he didn't play in that first game mm. which I thought uh, maybe he's injured or mm. has something going on but uh, yeah I mean he certainly proved that he belongs on the court yeah. uh, in that second game and you're right he was he was really the only one that looked super comfortable out there mm. Um you know, you mentioned Bryce, and he was even getting chippy with yep. with guys up in his grill, and yeah. he's got to expect that. He's, he's, he's got, to, yeah, he's got to expect it. But gee, you can also understand why he gets frustrated. Oh, I totally both, understand both, it. <laughs> both both teams this weekend went so hard at him. Yeah, I totally understand it. But you've proven that you're the best player in the league, <laughs> of course, year in and year yeah. out. People are going to start doing different things yeah. to try rattle you, try get under your skin, and sure. the Phoenix did a really good job they of did. that. Yeah. But no, Henschel was the reason that they were even in the game. Mm for a majority of him, uh, hit some big shots and just stepped into him with confidence. Mm. He, uh, he looked like he'd been out on an NBL floor for a couple of years in a row already yeah. and instead of it being his, his first <laughs> yeah. uh, professional game. So, no, it's really good signs, really good signs, and I think that uh, hopefully he, he starts to get a few more minutes. Ariel Huck-Porty. I mean, I'm, I'm just amazed, but we shouldn't be surprised because we saw mm-hmm. the same thing with, with Jack White. So the, the Melbourne Strength and Conditioning or medical staff – must be the best in the in the yeah. maybe the best in the world at what yeah. they do because they they're able to take guys from rupturing an Achilles, which can be a career threatening injury, or it can at least lead to guys not coming back the same sort yeah. of level of athlete, and they come back better athletes. Yeah. So Ariel's come back; he's bigger, stronger, faster. Looks like he's got a bigger leap, yeah. and he had a great impact at the defensive end in those two wins for Melbourne. And gee, it's it's pretty exciting. He looks unbelievable. Yeah, he looks really good. It's um. You know, we did mention that it was going to be exciting to see him back on a, mm. on the floor, and he uh, he lived up to that, and mm. then some. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the yeah, I need to see what uh, what's happening over there in Melbourne because because <laughs> yeah. those guys are doing an unbelievable job yeah. with uh, with their injured players, and yeah, to have athletes go down with Achilles and mm. then come back more athletic yeah. and you know in better shape is is very impressive. It's amazing, isn't it? Because Jack's now gone on to the NBA, and if Ariel keeps playing like oh, this, he'll be in the NBA this soon, time yeah. next year. That it's an amazing accomplishment for the Melbourne organisation. Mm. Oh, it is, it is. And look, you know, it's it's no secret that you know that club is is one of the best at what they do. Yeah. So um, it's not surprising that they've got the best guys in there, and mm. uh, it's certainly proving that. 
Alex Tui probably didn't have the standout game that some of the other no. next stars did, but I thought he was pretty solid mm. on on his debut. I mean, he's got such good size, and for a guy that can shoot at that size and and move pretty well for a guy, gee, he must be six ten. He's pretty yeah. he's pretty big. Mm-hmm. I, I I saw some good signs from him. Oh, absolutely, and just solid, right? And it's it's one of those things that these next stars or these younger guys, they're just that they're young, yeah. right? So yeah. you know they're not always going to come out and be you know that overly impressive best player on the court. Mm. Um, we've got some guys that are going to do that each week. Yeah. But I think Tui is, is going to be one of those guys that grows with the season. Yeah. And he showed some really good signs this weekend. Yeah. Sam Menenga as well. Um, yeah, he was really good. He was really good in yeah. Cairns. And I'm pretty excited by that combination of him with, and Sam Wardenberg. So mm. Forty's done well to get the two New Zealanders together. And I think they've got a good chemistry there. And they both come from similar backgrounds. Yeah. And I think, I imagine, off the court, they'd be getting along great as well and mm. enjoying life in Cairns together. But as a front court pairing, they look they look terrific. Yeah, he was one of their kind of shining spots yeah. for, for that yeah. team uh, over the weekend. And um, yeah, he's going to be very exciting. You're right. The pairing with him and Wardenberg is, is going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's good to see some some of the young boys, you know, up and, and at it. And again, Forty's just yep. doing Forty things and, <laughs> and bringing in guys yeah. that probably not overly on people's radars. No. And um, and in fairness, if they were on another team, they might be the tenth or eleventh player. Yeah. But their starters on his team. Well, that's it, right? And we saw what he did with a guy like Keanu. Yeah, you know. So yeah. um, very excited to see how he progresses throughout the season. Out of all of those young players, though. Is there a chance Jalen Galloway is more exciting than, than all of them? Because his development, his upward trajectory, and like we talked about last week, he's almost going to play that J- Justin Simon role on this Sydney team, and he was he was outstanding against the Hawks. He was awesome. He was really good, and he's kind of where we thought he might be. Yep. Um, just, I mean, just using his athleticism, and he's, mm. he's obviously, his IQ's gone up, yep. you know, over the offseason, yep. and just understanding of, of the game, mm. uh, I think. You know, if, if he can really become a student of the game, then all of a sudden it, it becomes a lot easier for him because mm. he's got those um, athletic attributes. Yeah. And uh, he, he was awesome. He was really good to watch. Mm. A couple of the young guys that didn't have great weekends. Mm. We talked about Treadon Flowers last week, and obviously he was never going to be a, make it as a point guard. So mm. he's not being used as a point guard. But even as a wing, he doesn't look comfortable no. out there. He he looks a bit confused in a, in a structured environment mm-hmm. he had some poor turnovers when he was trying to take guys off the dribble and yeah. at this level you've got guys that are stronger and smarter than yeah. than him and they can just pick his pocket a little bit um is it going to be tough for him to make an impact in this league especially on a team that's potentially going to struggle yeah look i think it is and there's you know advantages and disadvantages of coming and playing in the nbl right mm. and some guys thrive yep. playing against men yep. and they learn and they grow and um, they get better each and every week. Mm. Some guys just aren't ready for that, yep. right? And I don't yep. think he's quite ready for it yep. yet. Um, especially on a team that I feel like already has – he's bigger than a lot of them, but, mm. you know, he they've already got these veteran guards. Kind of similar in a role at least to Mitch McCarron and Sunday Ditch, isn't Yeah, it? a little bit. And these guys are veterans of the league. Yep. They know the league. They've been elite in this league for a mm. long time and – Trying to crack in over those guys, you've got to be above and beyond, and he's not yeah. even close to that yet, unfortunately. AJ Johnson's the other one. Clearly, he's a great athlete and yeah. a great talent, but his coach Jacob Jacomas felt like he wasn't ready to play mm-hmm. on Saturday night for the Hawks, so he didn't hit the court at all. Um, 
that's that's a that's a tough sign for him. Yeah, it's uh, again like the Ben Henschel missing out on that mm. first game with the Cats. I was actually pretty surprised that AJ didn't hit the floor. Mm. Um, and look, the way the the Hawks are playing, I don't know why he didn't. Yeah, you know, we, I mentioned it before, but kind of same old Hawks. Yeah, um, which is not what we were expecting, mm. and obviously not what Jacob was expecting either. But why not throw him out there? See, see what he can do for a bit. I mean, there are certain players that don't do a whole lot in practice and then they come to a yeah. game and they're a different player, yeah. right? This is one of those leagues that you've got to earn your playing time on the practice mm. floor because you're going hard each week. Yeah. It's not like you're, It's not like in the NBA where you've got your training camp before season, mm. but once season hits, you know, you're playing every second, third day. Yeah. Training is a, such a big part of this league because of... You know, you only play on the weekends, yeah. so he needs to prove that he belongs on the court mm. throughout that week. Yeah. I'm still not sure why he didn't exactly get a shot, yeah. but who knows? <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll see. These two guys, to me, are great examples of guys who are great one-on-one players, and they've clearly done a lot of one-on-one workouts in their yeah. in their teenage years. So they can, you know, they're great athletes. They can they can create their own shot off a, off a dribble, and they can do mm-hmm. all the all the spectacular moves. They can finish at the rim. They can do everything great. But maybe they can't play in a team environment mm. right right now. Um, I'm not sure what the question is, but yeah. that's kind of the impression I get of them that in a team environment at a professional level like the NBL, which is Every team plays such a team-based game, yeah. and there's no one-on-one play. No, um, is it is it is this perhaps not the great the greatest league for a, this sort of a talent a talent where probably their skill set is more suited to an NBA type game and maybe yeah. the G League. Yeah, look, I think it's certainly tough for guys like that to be successful here, mm. um, especially young guys like that to be mm. successful here. There's not a whole lot of people that just play straight up one-on-one mm. and dominate this league, yeah. right? You know, even guys like Bryce, mm. when he's been the most successful, it's because of the rest of his team getting yeah. him open yeah. and, and all that sort of stuff. So, And he's turned himself into a great passer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And we, we saw that with Lamelo Ball when he was yeah. down here, yeah. right? To start off with, he was, you know, mm. not very good, really. No, no. You're right. It was once he started playing the team game that he started to, to look good. Well, that's it. Once he's passing, yeah. you know, lifted and yep. he figured out, oh, my teammates can actually do something. <laughs> yeah. He became elite, yep. you know, and then we've seen him grow into a, a really good NBA player. Similar with Josh Giddy, yes, right? Yes. You know, he started off the season and everyone was kind of like, oh, he's not quite there yet mm. and all that. And by the end of the season, he yeah. was, again, elite yeah. and has moved on. Now he's, you know, unbelievable for OKC. Yes. yes. Um, so these guys need to figure out that one-on-one isn't really – it doesn't work here. Mm. You know, it, the paint is too packed. Uh, you know, the defenses are too set for all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how they go. Hopefully they can uh, evolve yeah. and figure out the league mm. and, and really start to, I guess, prove us wrong would be yes. would be the yeah. big thing because that would be yeah. awesome to see. Well, let's take a positive approach. It is only the first week. Yeah, so it's a, exactly. They, they've still got time to – to figure it out. Some of the new imports we talked, we touched on Jordan Usher. Mm-hmm. Will Cummings was an interesting one. I think he struggled a little bit on Thursday night, probably especially without Gary Brown there for the Phoenix, and he had to take on extra responsibilities. He's probably better as that two or two or three man. But yeah. come Sunday against the Wildcats, I saw some really good signs from him. Yeah, he was good. He was he was very solid for him, and um, yeah, he, he's an interesting fit for that team. Um, I think 
Uh, I think we're go- only going to see him grow. Um, I mean, you know, we did over the weekend, right? You know, the two completely different games. So, look, I, I think he's he's going to be very solid, and that's mm. kind of what they're going to need from him. Yeah. Um, Denzel Valentine, mm-hmm. you, you've talked a lot about how excited you are to see him play in the league. For, yeah. for a guy that only scored eight points, mm-hmm. I thought he actually had a fantastic game. He also had 10 assists and... I think it was nine rebounds. Mm-hmm. So to do a bit of everything on that team and to help your team win, and it's almost a Xavier Cook's role because that's the sort of numbers he was putting up. Yeah, I think the, the Kings would have been really happy with, with what they got. Very solid. Um, and I don't think he's going to be that guy that's going to come out and give you 30 every night. Um, I don't think that he's that kind of a player. Mm. But he does a lot of the little things. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. you know, he had 10 assists and nine boards yeah. as well. You know, And if he's going to come out and give them... Eight, ten, and nine every every day. Then uh, I think they'll be very happy with that uh, signing. Parker Jackson Cartwright, Cody at the Breakers. Um, I was pretty excited by what what he did, and I think he's a guy that actually benefited from not having Will McDowell White there for at least his first game. Yeah. So he was able to take over that point guard role and find his feet in the league. And gee, he had a massive all round impact. Yeah, he did. He was awesome, and uh, he slot in perfectly for McDowell White. And I think that. It's going to be interesting to see how they play together. Yeah. Because um, obviously he's he's really, really good and he's, he's going to be tough for this team. But it's going to be interesting to see how he plays with the ball not in his yeah. hands a, a whole lot more when uh, McDowell White comes back. But very positive signs, which, yeah. is, which is really good because, uh, I mean, following last year's imports, they've, uh, they've got a bit to live up to. Yes, absolutely they do. Jordan Crawford, what mm. did you make of his game for Tasmania against... Bryce and the Wildcats. I thought it was good. He was aggressive. Yeah. He, was, he was really aggressive. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure why he went up and tried to take it to Saar a couple of times because <laughs> yes. uh, there's you know two foot difference yes. there <laughs> with, with Saar's wingspan. But uh, no, it was really good. I think he's so quick. <laughs> Obviously, mm. he's, he has to be. Yes. Uh, it sounds funny you're saying two foot, but it would actually be very close to. He's pretty, he'd only be five six, wouldn't he? I think he's listed as five six, which yeah. means he's probably five five. And, and Sars wingspan would be very close to yeah. six, seven six. Yeah, so yeah. you know, by the time <laughs> by the time Sars sticks his hands up, it's uh, it's a considerable difference. Yeah. No, look, I think he was he was solid for them, mm. and that's that's kind of what he's got to be. Got to be that calm and composed. Mm. I think the only thing is late in the game. He kind of gave the ball a bit of a headache yeah, instead of did. giving the ball to Milton Doyle, who was yes. making the right play every single time. Yep. Um, but, again, first game. So yep. we'll, we'll see how he goes. Milton's a fascinating one. I, I was going to bring it up later, but I, mm-hmm. I'll bring it up now. Um, Scott Roth would love to have two of him yeah. because he's, he's their best playmaker on the team. Yeah. When the ball's on his ha- in his hands, we saw it last year all the way to the, to the finals, and every time the ball is in his hands, something good happens. Yeah. But you also want him to be the guy catching the passes that he yeah, creates exactly. because he, he's their best knockdown shooter as mm-hmm. well. Gee, you'd love two of him. Oh, you would. You would. And, uh, I mean, it's it's tough because you're right. I think late in that game, there was a little patch there where he had the ball in his hands for five or six straight possessions. Yep. And he either – or he took it at Saar twice yes. and scored over it. Yeah. And then two or three other times – he got in the paint, made the right play, mm. kick out to shooters. Yep. You, you've got to pick your poison, right? Do you, do you mm. want him on the end of those? Do you try and make Jordan Crawford that guy that's going mm. to be able to make those decisions? Mm. But it's it's not something that just comes easily. Yeah. You know, he's he's just such a, a good basketball IQ. Mm. And, uh, you know, last year it took him a little while to find his feet in the league, but once mm. he did, he just excelled. Yeah. And he's kind of started where he left off last year, which is, which is awesome to yes. see. 
yeah, be very handy if they had two of him because they'd be a legit contender <laughs> then. Uh, for sure. Um, Chris Smith is the other new import. Mm. Um, he didn't set the world on fire for Brisbane, but no. I get the feeling he's a guy that will shoot a lot better than he did. I think he went two of seven, but yeah. throughout his whole college and professional career, he shot the three ball over 40%. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy that's going to make those shots more often than not. To me, that's the exact play the Bullets need. They've mm-hmm. got some good playmakers. If they can have a knockdown shooter, that's almost the final piece to their puzzle. Yeah, and look, those first game jitters, yes. it doesn't matter yeah. you know, where, where around the world you've mm-hmm. played. You know, those first games, always always a little bit of extra pressure on mm-hmm. you, especially when you're known as a shooter. Yeah. Um, there was a couple of shots there that were a bit, you know, probably a bit overly contested and mm-hmm. stuff like mm-hmm. that. There were yeah. late, late shot clock games, so that, that percentage kind of blew out a little bit. Yeah. But... I think he's going to be awesome for them. Mm. And with the pieces they've added, I think he you're right, he's he's the perfect fit and if he can I mean if he can knock it down at 40% then again they're going to be uh, yeah. legit. Yeah. Um there wasn't too many imports that had tough nights, but mm. I thought Gary Clark was one of the Illawarra Hawks. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what what his role or what his strengths are right now. No. We haven't seen enough of it. What, do you see enough from him that he can be someone that can do well for the Hawks or how do you see him being able to have an impact? Yeah, look, I'm not overly sure, and it's again, it's tough off you know one game, mm. but yeah, I'm not I'm not sure he really knows his role mm. too much either, yeah. and that's got to be difficult, mm. right? It's tough. I'm not sure he's quite big enough to be a four man against some no. guys, but he's also not nimble enough to be a three man. So mm. I'm not quite sure where he fits. He's one of those tweeners, yeah. and uh, you kind of like you, yeah, a little bit, a little <laughs> bit. But uh, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how he plays the next couple of weeks um, and how he fits into this squad. Because mm. um, they've got some really good pieces. Yeah. They, they do have some yeah. really good pieces. And he, he found it really hard to, to you know, slot in and, and mm. be impactful. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not overly sure what he's going to give them that mm. they don't really have with either their other imports yeah. um, or guys like Rowling and... And Ulbrich. And yeah. Ulbrich. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go, how he goes... Uh, this coming week, I think for these guys, he's got to be impactful straight away. Otherwise, they've got to look for someone else. Yep. Otherwise, they're going to fall too far behind and it's just going to be another kind of, yeah, yeah. unfortunately, another hawk season. Yeah, you, you can't be playing catch-up no. in, in this league. Um, all right, Cody, let's take a deep breath. Let's get Elbers under control and then mm-hmm. we can come back and go through the rest of round one and, and get on with the show. Perfect. He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed him on Tap Touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Okay, Cody, back here on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. Um, according to the odds last week on Tap Touch, you went pretty well with, with picking, picking your winners. So let's yeah. go through the results. And then there's a couple of teams I want to sort of double down on, and then we can, can see what else jumped out. So it started a Thursday night with a throwdown. Melbourne United... Dominated this game pretty much the whole mm-hmm. way through and beats the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix 82 to 67. And then we went into the double headers. So <laughs> amazing. The Adelaide 36ers shocked shocked everybody, I think, by scoring the first 15 points of the game. But then we probably saw what we have been expecting from them yep. the rest of the game. And the Brisbane Bullets beat them 86 to 71. Then the Perth Wildcats with Jordan Usher on fire. Just ignore that. That was 35 points, not five points, as yeah. I've got written there. My. My number three key on my keyboard doesn't always work, Cody. It, it had a drink spilt on it a while back. Um, so the Perth Wildcats, 101 over the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, 95. And then we saw on Saturday, the New Zealand Breakers, 98 over the Cairns Taipans, 87. Second up, the Sydney Kings over the Illawarra Hawks, 96 to 81. 
Then on Sunday, Melbourne United 82 to 74 over the Adelaide 36ers and the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix 110 to 99 over the Perth Wildcats. I want to start with Melbourne United, Cody. Um, they didn't play well. I, I think they would admit they didn't play well mm-hmm. over the first two games, but they still they still won and they didn't shoot the ball great. So if you have a look at some of these numbers. Matthew Delavadova, he still scored 36 points, so you'll take that. But he mm-hmm. only shot 13 of 38 across the two games, 5 of 16 from three. Chris Golding, 9 of 27 for 5 of 19 from three. Shea Illy, um, he won't like these numbers, but he still had a big impact yeah. on the on the two wins. 2 of 20 from the field, 1 of 8 from three. Even Tanner Krebs, 3 of 14 across the two games, 3 of 10 from three. Mm-hmm. But, gee, it's a good sign if your team can win while you're shooting those sort of numbers. Oh, it is. And, look, I don't think they necessarily played awful. No. Um, no, no, didn't shoot well. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely yeah. didn't shoot well. Yes, but you're right. That's I think that's worrying signs for the rest of the league. Yeah, because um, those those percentages are only going to go up. Yeah, um, for all those guys you mentioned. Yep. Um, you know, Delhi. I mean, 38 field goals over two games. That's he's, <laughs> that's a, he's a different Delhi, yes. right? Yeah. Um, which is it's it's awesome to see, and he's changed his shot. You can see he's done a yep. lot of work yep. on it, and. Yep. Uh, He's shooting it with confidence, which is and he's is, aggressive. He's looking yeah. for his his offensive game now. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's really good to see. Goulding, I think, got a few tough shots in there. Yep. Um, so again, those those percentages are probably blown out a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that'll come good. You know, yeah. we, we know who who he is and what he's going to do in the league. Uh, Illy, again, he's just going to be aggressive. I and, think. and it really yeah. doesn't matter. He could score no, no points in a game and he's still be, be the most impactful game player on the game. Oh, definitely, definitely, and. Um, I mean, we saw it, you know, there was just a few plays where he yeah. just, you know, completely changed the, the trajectory of the game. And There was a loose ball against Adelaide late in the game where Adelaide were making a charge. Mm-hmm. He chased down the loose ball on the sideline. Yep. It led to a basket up the other end. That's what he does. Yeah, it is. And so I'm not overly worried about his shooting no. percentages. Um, Krebs, I think, is going to... He's going to come good yep. as well. I think yep. uh, he's going to fit in well to this team and just kind of be that spot-up shooter. Yep. And, you know, team's going to... Start worrying about his three-point shot, and then he's going to be able to get in the paint like he. Well, he's like a good he athlete, yeah, yeah, very much so. So, look, I don't think it's too worrying for them. Uh, in terms of how they played, I think they're kind of ahead of everyone else. Yep, in, they look like it. They, they yeah. kind of look like they're not so much mid-season form yet, mm. but uh, they certainly look like they're a few weeks ahead of everyone else. They do. Which is the opposite to last year. They were behind yeah. the eight ball. They could have been the best team in the league by yes. the end of the season, but they'd left their run too late, and they just had so many interruptions mm. early last season. Maybe they've learned from those lessons, or maybe it's just luck. But, yeah. but either way, it's they do look tr- tremendous. And also, doing it without an import. Yeah. They've only got one import on their squad, and Ian Clark didn't play no. either of these games either. Mm. So it's going to be interesting to see how he, uh, he slots yeah. back into the team. Again, I think someone that is, is going to be elite in this squad because of you know the playmakers they have and then the attention that everyone else gets as well. Yeah. So, Gee, having him open waiting yeah. for a shot, that's a nice luxury to have. Uh, yeah, it will be. The other side of things, Cody, is the Adelaide 36ers. We talked about them last week, the concerns we had coming into this season. All those concerns were wiped away in the first five minutes against yeah. against Brisbane when they were up 15, 15 to 0. After that, they were outscored 86 to 56 for the rest of that game. They were, they competed hard against Melbourne, but I felt like Melbourne's shooting perhaps can, contributed to that. And if Melbourne had a better shooting night, it, was a, it felt like a 20-point win for, for mm-hmm. Melbourne at the same time. They gave up 44 offensive rebounds in those two games. So that's clearly a concern, but yeah. they've got a lot of concerns. What what concerns you the most? Uh, just everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, there's there's no one thing. Yeah. It's um, the the thing that made me laugh was was 
when watching this game and Adelaide were up 15-0 mm. uh, to start and then you hear, I can't remember who it was. Um, I think it was Derek it Rucker. might have been Derek Rucker. Yeah. I like, see, I, you know, I've, I've been saying, you know, it doesn't matter what you do in preseason, <laughs> all that sort of stuff, blah, blah, blah. You know, these guys are going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we saw it for three and a half, four minutes, and then well, Brisbane, that was it. Brisbane was right back in the game by quarter time. They were. Already. They were. I mean, it was only, it was single digits by quarter time yeah. easily. Um, I think it was only a couple buckets difference. But, uh, yeah, look, I just... It's going to be tough because they're going to need they're going to need Wiley to be out on the floor for majority of the game, right? And then they're going to need Trey Kell to be overly aggressive, and then they're going to need, uh, I guess, Kadi and um, and Maka to again be overly aggressive mm-hmm. and be elite on the defensive end. I mean, Trey Kell came out and was really aggressive in that yeah. first quarter. Yeah. Right? He came out, he was tough. Kind of whittled away a bit mm. um, after quarter time. Wiley, I think, is going to struggle to stay on the floor. Yeah. Um, love his enthusiasm and, and his energy, but I think he's got to remember the league. Mm. And then, look, I think I think Jace was, was pretty solid for them. He was. Um, Absolutely. Macca had his patches. Oh, you talked about him needing to be aggressive. He probably wasn't aggressive no, enough. No, I don't think so. I don't think he realises he's as good a shooter as he is because no. he just never looks for his shot. Mm. No, no, he, he doesn't. And that's part of him being moulded into that point guard. Mm. He's kind of gone away from what mm. I think was made him impact the league when he was with Cairns. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, being that aggressive, you know, knock down three guy yeah. and get to the rack. And, and then would attack the glass. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then Humphreys, I mean... He's got. He's well, got, he's the only big on this team. That, let's be honest, and he only had eight rebounds in two games. That's not not, not enough. enough. He needs to be averaging eight rebounds yep. at the very minimum. Yeah. So yeah, look, there's there's lots to be concerned about. Mm. The front court is my big concern. They just don't have the depth there. Mm. So I mean, Humphreys is their only center. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jacob Wiley is almost better suited to be a three man mm-hmm. in this league, but he has to play as a four, and they really don't have a backup to them. I mean, Alex Starling. At the NBL level, I'm not sure where he quite quite fits because mm-hmm. he's not doesn't quite have the skill set to be probably a guy who plays big minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, do they have enough in the in the front court? Um, no, I don't think so. Mm. I think it's it's a really interesting squad. I think they're missing pieces everywhere like, <laughs> throughout the squad. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do because um, I mean they need to. Figure it out because you know they play this weekend and then they're off. Yep. So yep. it's it's it sucks to see and it's frustrating because um, you know they've last year I thought they had a really good squad to be able to make an impact and I think just, we picked them yeah, to win a championship coming did. into I the think season. Most yeah. people did yeah. right, and then fell flat on their face. Mm. This year it's quite the opposite. I think they're missing too many pieces. Yeah. Um, and I mean falling flat on their face in the in this first round anyway. It's tough. We talked about how well-prepared Melbourne looks. Adelaide looks the opposite, mm. and sometimes it's bad luck. So they, they clearly built this team around the three imports. Jamal Franklin didn't work, so mm. they got rid of him. But also Trey Cal and Jacob Wiley have been injured. So they, I think they said after after the game on the weekend that both guys had only had two full sessions with the team mm-hmm. completely for the whole preseason coming into round one. Yeah. When you build your team around three imports and basically have no preparation with the three imports, that 
It's probably why they're struggling to start the season. Oh yeah, you, it's it's very difficult to start well, especially in this league, if if that's your preparation. Mm. So, I mean, look, I, I think we do see them get better, um, but it's just it's so it's so difficult when you throw in this NBA, yeah, you know, little yes. tour again. Yeah, I just I don't get it. Like I I do, but I don't. Yeah, you know, I, I I get going over and playing, but not when the season started. Yep. Like. It's in the in the big picture, they beat the Phoenix Suns last year, mm. but then they came back and had a terrible NBL season. And they 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 mentioned that that disruption was a big reason why we never got our NBL season on track. Mm-hmm. Even if you win against an NBA team, is it worth it? No, it's not. Mm. It's not. It's just it's too disruptive. Yeah. Right? Because then you got to play multiple double headers as well to catch up on games that yeah. you missed. And I mean that first. First couple rounds when you get back, you're still trying to fight jet lag. Yes. You know, it's. I don't think it's worth it. I think it's worth it if you can do it before the season mm. starts. So the way the sure. Wildcats did it playing against the G League Ignite team perfect. was a perfect timing because they go yep. straight into the blitz and it's a pre-season warm-up. But, gee, once your season started, I don't know. Like, we talked about it last week. I just – I wouldn't do it. No, doesn't make much sense to me either. But uh, is what it is. And they've got to figure it out. Is there any chance that they don't head off – Zero and four because they they've got two away games th- this weekend. First against the Wildcats, we'll do our preview later. The Wildcats on Friday, and then against the Sydney Kings on the same day that the Kings are unfurling their championship banner. I can't see them winning either of those games, unfortunately. Mm. Um, I think both teams are just too tough and got too much firepower for them. Yeah, they need a new import yeah. because they've got an import spot free. Interesting that Jamal Franklin was actually in the crowd watching on mm-hmm. Sunday. That's Another one of those things that I think only happens in, in Adelaide for some reason. Yeah. What do they need, though? Because I, I think clearly they could use an import point guard. Yeah. We've talked about that. They could use an, uh, an import wing because they need a... They probably need someone to give what Trent Flowers won't be able to give. So they could use an import wing, but clearly they need to help in the front court. They need a, a, a big man to help out with the rebounding. What sort of import do they go for? I don't know. Look, I think... I don't think they necessarily need a... Big, I think if they can rely on Wiley and Isaac to come good, yep. I think they'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Point guard, I'd, I don't know. I think it's it's tough because you can have Mako, you can have Jace running that point guard, right? Yep. It's yep. not ideal. Yep. And you kind of want them to be in that two spot yep. where you think they'll be more successful. But you can, I think you can get away with that. Yep. Um, I think a big, long... Athletic wing yep. is probably what they need. No, you're right. More. I think if, if you had Kadeem McCarron as your point guards and you had Kel and a, a scoring wing, mm-hmm. maybe that could work. Yeah, I think it could. I think it could. You know, I think depth will be a bit of an issue. Mm. But, uh, I mean, you can't really do much about that at this point. So, <laughs> no. uh, look, I, I do think athletic scoring wing is probably what they need most. And mm. I think they can fit pieces that they've got around that. Mm. All right. That's enough about Adelaide. Cody, because it's a little bit depressing, and I'm sure it is for 36ers supporters more than anybody. Um, Across the other games on the weekend, anything jump out that you might want to discuss? Look, I think think the Phoenix kind of showed spurts of what they're going to do, especially with the outs that they have. Yeah. Uh, I think it clearly showed how important Gary Brown is, the difference between not having him on Thursday and then him being back on Sunday. Yeah, no, it was completely different, right, with with him running the show. Yeah. So I'm hoping he can stay healthy because, you know, last year we saw glimpses of what he could do and then, you know, he couldn't really hit a rhythm because of injuries. Mm. Um, So fingers crossed that he can stay healthy because I think 
he makes this Phoenix team a legit contender. Yep. Mitch Craig's the other one. He looks underdone. Yeah. And he looked underdone against Melbourne, but better signs for him on Sunday against Perth as well. Oh, definitely. And, uh, you know, he's he's kind of had a little bit of an interrupted preseason from, from what we're hearing, just uh, injuries well, here yeah, and there. I think once and he got back from Puerto Rico, he's basically not been able to get on the court yeah, at all. Yeah, so... And, I mean, look, he went straight to Puerto Rico from the NBL season, yeah. so he yeah. didn't really have too much of a break. So, look, I, th- I think he'll come good again um, once he gets his feet under him and mm. gets his wind right and, you know, my pick for MVP. So yes, yes. <laughs> I hope he does and <laughs> he's still in contention for that. Um, our award winners for this year, Cody, we'll have our three awards back up and running. So Matty Knight will be back on deck to do his Player of the Year voting this year and see if he can get another... Tasmania Jack Jumper to win it <laughs> on the back of Milton Doyle's, to be fair, deserved victory yeah. last year. Damien Martin will be back with his votes in the best defensive player and see see how different his voting goes to the mm-hmm. award he actually presents, yeah. thanks to the NBL. Um, we'll also have the Galen Award um, as the best team man in the NBL, and it probably wasn't fair to ask Scotty Ninnis to do it again because yeah. it probably would have been an Adelaide player every single week, even if they weren't winning a game, yeah. <laughs> given he's now back involved from the coaching point of view. But I thought... Simon Mitchell would be a nice man mm-hmm. to get involved in this from a, a coach's perspective to to offer his thoughts on who he thinks can have the biggest impact on winning. Um, I also think he's really enjoying the break. I think I the imagine. pressure the pressure was all over his face. I think last year at the, at the Phoenix after being a head coach for the last four years, and you can probably understand this that sometimes you need a break from basketball. You certainly do. You <laughs> certainly do. And look, he he did an unbelievable job um, yeah. with the Phoenix, and really just got unlucky. You know, mm. he could never really keep yeah. that. Uh, that group of guys healthy and on the floor. Yeah. Um, just constantly, you know, ins and outs, and yeah. which sucks because they had some really, really solid yeah. rosters there yeah. that uh, could have legitimately competed for championships and, and, and probably going, fell a bit short. Well, going back a couple of years, they were they were on top in the first half mm. of that game three against Melbourne United. If they won that game, it was a, a Bryce Cottonless Wildcats that would have mm-hmm. played. And gee, he wasn't far away from being a championship coach. Yeah, not, not at all. And like I said, luck does. I've said it multiple times. Luck <laughs> plays a part in yeah. sports, right? So, no, and I think for him stepping away and, and having that bit of a break, mm. I'm sure he doesn't feel like even being in a basketball no, stadium. No. And I can 100% understand his <laughs> thought process there and how he feels there. So, no, look, it's it's awesome that uh, he's on board and, and helping out with this and mm. uh, certainly a welcome addition. Absolutely. And we'll hear from him throughout the season as well. So I'll, I'll pick his brain and, and get him on board so you can can hear from him as well. But for this week, he's picked out his Galen winner. So this was an award that we started in honour of, of Galen Young as the best team man in the NBL. Um his selection for, for round one was Parker Jackson Cartwright mm-hmm. at the New Zealand Breakers. Cody, we spoke about him a little bit a bit earlier, but gee, for 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 a debut as a as a point guard, twenty five points, eight assists, six steals, four rebounds, shot the ball efficiently, ten of seventeen. He did a did a bit of everything. Put a lot of pressure on a a Cairns backcourt that was missing Taron Armstrong, mm-hmm. so he caused some havoc back there. But that that's almost the ultimate Galen sort of game that we're we're looking for. Oh, it certainly is. I think. Uh it's a spot-on pick for sure. I think the only real other one you could probably sprinkle in there was Denzel Valentine. Yep. Um, but Parker Jackson Cartwright was, uh, mm. I think, runaway winner this week. So had an awesome game, slotted in nicely for them and uh, kind of showed us what he can do. So it's, uh, it's perfect. Is it nice when you get surprised by someone? Here's an mm. import we didn't know a lot about, but then all of a sudden we see him come out and do that, and it's nice to be surprised sometimes. Very much so. Yeah, very much so, especially with you know so many guys that have lots of hype around them coming mm. into this league now. Um, 
to have a guy come in that's not really been talked about at all yeah. um, and come out and do something like that is mm. awesome. So, uh, yeah, love that. All right, Cody, we'll take another break and when, when we come back we'll preview round two in the NBL and see if we can help find some winners thanks to Tap Touch. Sounds good. He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed him on Tap Touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Okay, Cody, back on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. A round two preview thanks to thanks to Tap Touch. Um, we touched on it last week, but to have a company like Tap Touch want to support a little podcast like this is a, a very nice feeling. So head to taptouch.com.au and we'll hope to find you some some winners across the NBL season. We'll we'll pick out some same goal, same game multis that will be special for this show as well mm-hmm. as well, Cody, throughout the season. And then once the NBA season starts, we'll we'll try to help help you out as well. So that's going to be, be a bit of fun. Yeah, it certainly is. It's good. Uh, I've never actually been out of bet on basketball because no, you I've, haven't. Uh, I've constantly always played. So <laughs> it'll. Uh, yeah, a bit of a new world for me too, which is yeah. uh, pretty exciting. Oh, it'll, it'll be fun. So we've got some markets for, for this week. So let's start Thursday night. We've got a double header. This will be an interesting game. It's probably a little bit closer in my my mind than what the tab touch odds might be suggesting. So we're over back in Auckland. New Zealand Breakers $1.40. The Brisbane Bullets $2.95. Good news for the Breakers is that Will McDowell-White will be, will be back for this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's I think it's going to be a really good game. Mm. You know, throwing Will McDowell-White in there is uh, is very handy for the yeah. breakers, for sure. Um, and I don't, I don't think it's going to cause too much disruption um, at all. But, uh, look, I do think New Zealand end up getting this one, but I, I think it's going to be a, you know, a pretty close game. Were you pleasantly surprised with how good the Bullets looked for a lot of that game after a slow start last week? Uh, yeah, look, a little bit, but I kind of expected them to, to be kind of where they're at. Mm. Um, I think they've got... Such a solid roster now, and uh, like I said, I had him in. I've got him in my top four, yep. um, which is again a big call um, with with some of the results they've had in the past few mm. years. Mm. But uh, I think uh, I think they're going to be really good this year, and hopefully, we see them take another step this week. No, you're, you're right. I really like the, the the build of their roster to take the pressure off Sobi with two genuine point guards with Shannon Scott and Mitch Norton. Then you've got the brilliance of Nathan Sobi, who can can do what he's best at. Mm-hmm. You've got. You got Chris Smith as that shooter. You got some really good role players like Sam McDaniel com- coming in. You got Ty- Tyrell Harrison and Aaron Baines up yep. up front. They've still got um, Josh Bannon to come into that team mm-hmm. once he's healthy. It seems to be a well built roster, which yeah. we don't always see. No, not always, and certainly from this group that we haven't seen in the past. And no. I think with what they've added, um, and we spoke about this last week, we can we can kind of see guys like Nathan Sobey just go back to what he. Yep was so good at yep. and, and not be that overly ball dominant yeah. um, guy because he has to be, mm. but can play off the ball, um, not expend all his energy, you know, trying to run the show. Yeah. So it's going to be good. Second up on Thursday, the Cairns Taipans, first home game of the season. They're $2.20, so they're the outsiders on tap touch against yep. the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, $1.68. Mike Kelly, another first for him back in his his old home court where he was coach of the year, taking on the Taipans. Yeah, going to be a, another interesting game. Um, it's always tough to go and play and win in Cairns. Mm. Um, the faithful there are, are awesome and, and fun to play in front of. Um, it's, it's going to be a tough one. Um, you know, I think Phoenix should get up and over them. But you never know with Cairns at home. Yep. Um, 
it's it's going to be a bit of a flip of the coin with with the Taipans this year and, mm. and how they play because of the young group they've got. Also their health. Last oh. week they didn't have Taju McCall, didn't have no. Josh Roberts, didn't have Taron Armstrong. Mm-hmm. I hope at least one of them is back this week. I know Taju's out for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Look, fingers crossed. Because um, again, like I said, with a young squad, you need that continuity to to improve, right? Mm. So if you've got moving pieces constantly, it's it's hard to to kind of figure it out and mm. and um, really play well in this league. So fingers crossed that they can get those guys back as soon as possible and they can stay healthy. Um, but I, I, yeah, I do think Phoenix get mm. this one. Friday night, two fascinating games. Mm. First up, Tasmania Jack Jumpers against the Sydney Kings down in in Hobart, and the Jack Jumpers, the Outsiders, on Tap Touch two twenty five. The Sydney Kings a dollar sixty five. Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting game. I think. Uh, <laughs> Again, in Tassie, it's it's so it's such a tough environment to mm. go and win in, um, and I think those uh, those supporters down there are going to be ready and raring to go, especially against Sydney. Yeah, um, yeah, it's going to be a, a fun little game. Well, they don't have DJ Vasilovic there as their number one target, so yeah. they'll, they'll have to find a new one. They will. I'm sure they'll find someone. <laughs> um, look, I, I I I'm f- a bit of a flip of the coin uh, on this one for me. Um, yeah, it's. I think I'm going to go with Tassie at home. And Julian O'Brien, please don't hate me because I've picked against <laughs> your Kings twice now. Um, he does hold a grudge. He does. He does. I know. <laughs> so, but I, I just think after seeing what Tassie did here in Perth, I think really took it to the Wildcats. I think they're they're going to be they're going to be a, a pretty good team this yeah. year. Um, it, it's funny. Tasmania lost last week. Sydney won. In a lot of ways, I felt like the Jack Jumpers might have been more impressive than the Kings, though. Yeah, I think so, and it's it's tough because, I mean, the Cats' defense is mm. is nothing uh, special, no. unfortunately, no. at this point. So they probably looked a bit better than yep. maybe what they are. Yeah. But again, we'll see this weekend. So it's going to be very interesting to see. But I think it's going to be a wicked game. Okay, Perth Wildcats and the Adelaide Thirty Sixers. <laughs> I think the odds from Tab Touch sum up. Everything a dollar seventeen for the Wildcats, five dollars ten for the thirty sixes. Mm. Is there any hope for Adelaide? I don't think there is, um, <laughs> especially here. Yeah, it's uh, it's always tough environment, but uh, the the Cats I think get that one fairly handily. In saying that, this should be a game where Adelaide can can put some points on the board. So we'll, yes. we'll see how we go. What I'm excited about is Jordan Usher spending time up against Jacob Wiley. Mm. I don't know if we've got two more exciting players in the league. No, no. Two more guys that thrive off the energy yes. of, of the crowds, I think. Uh, I think they'll love playing against each other. Yeah, I think so too. It's going to be fun to watch. I think that's going to be a wicked little matchup. Probably not going to actually match up on each other, mm. but um, yeah, it's going to be fun to see. I'm sure they'll clash at some point. Oh, and, absolutely. And we'll, we'll see them go at it <laughs> in the paint, which will, be, which will be fun. Okay, Saturday... So check out tabtouch.com.au to get these odds closer to the games. Um, first up, Illawarra Hawks back at home. They need a win mm-hmm. against the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix because after a tough couple of years, the Hawks can't afford to lose their first two games at home. No, they can't. And they've got to figure some stuff out pretty quickly. Because, mm. um, again, we saw Phoenix in that second game against the Cats last week look really good. Mm. I mean, they looked really good. That's a tough, tough second pull for uh, for the Hawks, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I think Phoenix go in there and, and get the win. But hopefully Illawarra can start to figure it out because, uh, you know, I, I think they've got some really good pieces um, and I, I don't particularly want to see the, the same old Hawks. We uh, don't want to be saying the same no, old Hawks this time no, next week, do we? Not at all. 
Second up, this is this will be fascinating. So both teams backing up after playing on Thursday. The old Sunshine Stoush. The Brisbane Bullets at home to the Cairns Taipans. Yeah, another interesting one, I think. Um, kind of a, a team with, with lots of veterans in mm. it against a very young and, and mm. fresh team. So mm. I think Bullets probably get this one. But it's got it's, it's going to be a fun fun matchup, mm. um, especially with with the bigs. Yep. Um, I think the the young bigs of, of Cairns up against mm. some of the big bruises of uh, of Brisbane um, in in Big Bainsey. Yeah, I think uh, Wardenberg would love that challenge. I think so too, and it's going to uh, it's going to be fun to watch. It will. It will. You got the bullets. I do have the bullets. Yes. Two more games on Sunday, Cody, to wrap up round two. This will be a terrific game. Really looking forward to this one. Melbourne United. I assume Ian Clark will be back to make his his debut with with Melbourne up against the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Yeah, and it's you know a bit of a long time between drinks for Melbourne. Yeah. Um, but uh, like we've mentioned multiple times, I think Melbourne seemed to be just a couple of weeks ahead of everyone else um, against a Tassie team that defensively are usually pretty good. Um, mm. But I, I just think Melbourne's got too many weapons. So I think they get that fairly handily. Last game of the round. Sydney Kings, a big, big day for the club. So their first home game of the season, they'll unfurl their, their championship banner. They're trying to go for, for a three-peat this season, obviously. Mm-hmm. So a big day for the Kings. They'll want to celebrate with a win. They probably couldn't hope for a better team to arrive than the Adelaide 36ers, but same question as for Friday night. Do you give Adelaide any hope? I, again, I don't think so. <laughs> um, look... Lots of hype around around this night, obviously for for the Kings fans and and the Kings uh, players and um, support staff and all that unfurling their banner, which mm. is which is awesome, and it's got to be a, a wicked feeling. And you've got to go into the game feeling pretty pumped after yeah. you, you know you see all that sort of stuff. So look, I think the Kings come out and uh, and play really well in this one and, and get that dub. All right, so head to Tap Touch to check out all those odds, and hopefully we can help you find a winner. All right, Cody, that's been another another big show. Plenty mm-hmm. to talk about. We're only one round into the season and there's almost too much to talk about to cram <laughs> into one show. So thank you for your help getting us getting us through that again. We'll be back next week. I'm Chris Pike and I'll sign off and leave you, Cody, with the, the final word. Yeah, look, going to be interesting to see uh, see if Adelaide can mm-hmm. can prove us wrong and, and I, I hope they do get up and, and get a win um, mm-hmm. so they can go over to the States with a bit of momentum <laughs> yeah. so they can lose it all there. <laughs> He'll make it for sure. Now that's why I backed him on Tap Touch. Hey, Luke. Yes, Gene Simmons. He's probably the best when it comes to this stuff. Thanks, Gene. You've got the touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.